Well, hello again. It's Coach Tim, and I have a wonderful guest today. I'm excited because I used to play football with him 100 years ago, and I'm going to introduce you to Nick Holt. He is the defensive coordinator at Purdue University. Nick, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to, great to be on your show and good, good, good hearing from you again. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've been wanting to get you forever since I started this. I'm, I'm going to tell the, the, the listeners a little bit about your story because it's a, it's a pretty cool story and, and see if I got it right because uh, I went off of, uh, of pure memory here. So you, yeah. you started out at Bellarmine uh, Prep in San Jose, uh, ended up at Pacific where you played and was the MVP at uh, linebacker. And uh, behind, I might add, an amazing scrappy nose guard. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also you were uh, recently inducted into the uh, Pacific Hall of Fame. And then you coached at uh, St. Mary's High School after uh, Pacific for just a minute. You went to UNLV, then the Louisville, Idaho, and then uh, then the SC years. And then you split that up and, and went and became head coach at Idaho then got a job with the Rams, but Pete Carroll talked you out of it, and you went back to the Trojans and then to Washington and then Western Kentucky, where you recently was the interim head coach and won a bowl game uh, just recently, and now you're the defensive coordinator at Purdue. How did I do? You did pretty good. You missed one stop uh, at uh, Arkansas. I spent a season at Arkansas between Washington and Western Kentucky, but oh, you got it right. You nailed it pretty good there, Tim. Wow, I didn't know about Arkansas. Where was I? Gee whiz. Well, there's yeah, fifth. Was, Go I ahead. I was just there for the 2012 season. Uh, 2012, I spent it in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, with a guy named John L. Smith, who I had worked for at Idaho and Louisville. But I was oh, just okay. there one okay. season. I was there basically, basically, uh, you know, six months, and then I got – I. Uh, went to Western Kentucky to be Bobby Petrino's defensive coordinator in 2013. That's awesome. It's, uh, but you got it right, man. You're good. <laughs> that was all memory. That's unbelievable. 15 seconds uh, for 30 years or whatever it is you've been coaching. So, uh, yeah. God. <laughs> but, hey, you know, I got to tell you, Nick, uh, Nick was, you guys listening, he was the inspiration for me years ago. Uh, I, uh, my, my oldest, who's now about 24, uh, 25, I'll go on. Yeah, he's 24. He, uh, was in the sixth grade and I was looking for a league and, and I knew Nick's, uh, uh, oldest was at El Segundo Youth Football and Nick, uh, introduced me to, uh, to the people over there and I was there for 13 years and it was, Largely because of you introducing and uh, yeah. and by the way inspiring me because I had a lot of access uh, back in the day that that you allowed over at SC and I just saw what was going on and I kind of got pumped up and, and wanted to uh, to get into that thing. Uh, yeah. that was the cool time. thing was is I got to coach your oldest Nick and, yeah. and also in the league was uh, your youngest Ben. And on one of the lower age teams, but the really cool thing is, is you got to coach your own kids uh, just recently. Tell me about how that was. Oh, that was great. I was very fortunate to uh, 
coached both my kids at Western Kentucky. My oldest, Nick, I, I got to coach him his junior, senior year. He was a junior college transfer from San Francisco City, uh, from San Francisco City College, who we signed. And he ended up, you know, he was our starter and he was a team captain. He was all league both years and had an opportunity with Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans, but didn't make it. Now he's out of football and working in Houston, Texas. And then Ben, my youngest, uh, I got to coach him for his freshman year red, uh, and then his red shirt freshman year, two years. Um, and he played a lot as a red shirt freshman for me. In fact, started in our bowl game against Memphis in the uh, in the uh, Boca Raton Bowl and had a good game. And he's got three more years left in, at Western Kentucky. So he's he's a really good football player and has a, a very bright, bright uh, career uh, ahead of him down there in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. So that's kind of in a nutshell, being able to coach my two kids. And Tim, actually, Julie was 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 also a coach at the El Segundo Eagle. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you're right. You're right on Ben's team. Yeah, on Ben's team, and she also started when we were up in Idaho, up in Moscow, Idaho. She started the Pop Warner Conference up there. Uh, started football up there. Created uh, uh, two teams, actually three teams. Uh, 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 you know, a, a senior midget team, a midget and a junior midget team there in, in Moscow, Idaho, and they still have it today. And it was all because of Julie. She she got it done. She was the commissioner. Unbelievable! I did. That's that's good stuff right there. I did yeah. not know that. And let's let's it's talk good. about Julie because yeah. they they say behind every great man's a great woman. Uh, I have a feeling she uh, keeps that machine going, huh? Uh, yeah, that that she keeps us ticking. You know how that is, and and uh, she's been coaching longer than I have. Great bat, women's basketball coach, and then she got when, when the boys were the age of Pop Warner, she got into coaching them at, in football too. So she, unbelievable. she's actually a better football, a better coach than I am. Uh, uh, so uh, I'm very fortunate. Both our boys are very fo- fortunate to uh, have her around, also. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely you notice when you get to know you guys that that there there's a team going on there. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Nick. I, I try to get into uh, a lot of uh, the psychology and and the uh, the culture around a team. I, I think a lot of a lot of the information that people are uh, are, are interviewing coaches about or looking at is they're trying to always look at the X's and O's and, and, uh, and that stuff. And that's, that's great. But I also, I think you would agree that a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the special something that makes a great football player is, is something that's intangible. And so I try yeah. to get into more of the, the psychology if, if, if I can, and, and depending on how much people share with me, but let me start with this. Why do you coach? What drives you to coach? <laughs> wow. You know, they're not necessarily in this order, but I think obviously you got to love the game. You got to have a passion for competition. Uh, but, and, and, you know, obviously you, you need to enjoy the, the, the camaraderie of, of being around coaches and being around players and, and accept, you know, all that stuff. But I think what it comes down to it is you got to love being around the kids. And and that's I think when I look at it, I, I think when it comes down to it, I enjoy being around the kids 
and and uh, that age group. And I love being around, you know, college kids. I mean, whoa, kids that are passionate about life, passionate about going to school, passionate about uh, football, and you get that with with college kids, and and you you get to to be around the cream of the crop, so to speak. You yeah, know, kids that are in college and and at these good colleges, you're get you're getting the best of the best, and and that's they're fun to be around. They're highly motivated, and and if they're not, that's what you you got to do as a coach to motivate these guys. But I just like being around the kids and the whole process of practice and and working out and being in the locker room and hanging out with them. You remember those days, the funnest time being a player was after practice, you know, shooting the bull with all your buddies, you know, next to your locker. You know what I'm saying? And Rich Lee trivia hour before, uh, before practice, right? That's right. All the, all the stuff that goes, goes on top of, of being out there for two hours on the grass or on the turf and all that. It's all the other stuff that makes it fun hanging out. So that's, anyway, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's what, but to answer your question, Tim, the reason why I do is I love being around the kids and I love seeing them compete. I love be, seeing them come in as freshmen and, and develop and leave as men and, and uh, successful in life and become married and have kids. And then the process of being able to coach their kids. So it's a big process, and that's what makes it fun. Oh, you know, that's funny. I, I think whenever I ask this kind of question, it's it's a similar answer. I mean, the the great coaches tend to. I heard even John Wooden say something like that. You know, that yeah. uh, he he looked at his kids. You know, not in doing something in the pros, but what kind of parents they became, and right. what kind of professionals, and so forth. Uh, you know, since you mentioned it, you said, "Hey, if the kid's not motivated, I got to do something." What do you do? Uh, that's a good segue. What do you do when you have a kid like that? Well, you know, that's uh, that's not motivated. You know, that's 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 the key. That's the key of being a great coach. You got to find their buttons. And you know, as as co- as as you know, our famous coach Coach Carroll says, "You got to learn your learner." And and uh, you got to get to know your kids, like I said, and what 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 motivates them, and you know what motivates Johnny Jones, not nec- doesn't necessarily motivate Billy Bob Smith, you know, and you, that's what that's the key as a coach is 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 to find those buttons and and to tweak the way you get things done um, out of, and to get get things out of your kids in a positive manner, and and so that's. That that's the key, and that's the, you're always trying to find those competitive ways and those little gems to to uh, to best motivate your kids and to get them to to really believe in you and to believe in themselves and and to to uh, you know to to be better than they've ever been before in their life, whether it's academically or athletically or or spiritually, and that's what that's why we do coach. Is there is there a, a a process for that? I mean, I know that some guys, you know, they'll build like this, uh, uh, almost like a a five point system or a creed or something that kind of would imply there's a process that ends up building up the team culture and the team uh, system. Is, is there something yeah. like that that you either that's either formal or or informal that you you go by? You know, I think every coach has his own little. Uh, formula so to speak you know you can see see you know the uh the pyramid of success that john wooden had he had he had those principles and that foundation and that 
triangle and the building blocks and all that kind of stuff. And I think each of us as a coach has their own individual, you know, pyramid of success and the building blocks, what they really believe in. And, and, um, you know, that, that's, I, I think every coach individually and every person is, um, is different in that aspect. And really mine, you know, is, is, for each kid you want to you want to prepare them to be successful you want to motivate them where they're giving great effort whether it's in the classroom or out there on the field you you want to demand excellence out of them and and so they're dominating whatever their endeavor is and and you want to develop leaders so uh and not necessarily in that order but um you know, is in my position or the guys that I coach, you know, and, and I'll just be, take it as being a linebacker coach, you know, as linebackers, we want to prepare to win. We want to give great effort. We want to dominate. We want to be leaders. And, and in those four aspects, then we even break it down even more and teach them how to go, to go about doing that stuff. So, you know, I, I have some principles I adhere to uh with, with with my guys uh as linebackers or as defense defensive players since i you know have have the whole defense and then i break it down from there uh what how, at one point you know a guy was probably 15 i don't know 13 years ago something uh i had come to you and i was becoming going to be a head coach for the first time with the little kids and i asked you you know give me some advice right you're up you're there to pick up your uh, Nick and Ben after practice yeah, as you would. I remember. Sure. Right? right. And I would always try to pick your brain. And, and uh, one of, I said, give me some advice. What, you know, and he, you said, he said, make sure you teach them a hundred percent effort. Make sure you teach them to go full speed and make sure that you teach them to have fun. Yeah. And, uh, and that last piece, I was like, what you know and and it it, it never it, it never left me it stuck so let me ask you how do you make it fun well you know i i think um you know there's a lot of different ways that we try to do that but uh, i think kids um at our level now we're at a different level than than you know youth football obviously right. and but you got to you got to remember it's a game and um and I know it's, you know, it's a lot of life lessons are taught in this great game of football. But but uh, the bottom line is is they they they've got to achieve success. And when you have some success, you start having fun. And when you see yourself getting better at 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 stuff at your trade, so to speak, uh, the trade of football, uh, the business of football, and you see yourself being successful. Um, you know, as, as a, as a football player, then I think you start having fun and it's, it's, it's fun winning. And, and, you know, the unfortunate thing is, you know, we are evaluated on the one loss record at my level. Yes. And, and, uh, so there, you know, sometimes it's a black, sometimes it's a black and white issue. And, and that issue is, is the one loss column. And I, I think it's very important. You, you need to, you need to make things fun, but at our level, they need to see themselves being successful and getting better at their trade, so to speak. And and then they start to then they start to have fun. They start to they they start to see themselves getting better. They start to see 
themselves being very successful. Therefore, they start winning games and then they start having fun. And, and uh, you know, at our level, that, that's really what it's all about. You know, you need to have some success because winning is really fun and losing is not very fun, as you, you know, as, as, as we all know. So you got to you got to make it you got to make it fun, but you got to you got to be successful at it, too, at the same time. And there's that fine line of 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 doing all that stuff. Do you uh, do you take that all the way down to the micro level of saving? You know, you said linebackers and the linebacker drill to yeah. set somebody up for success, even at, at a at a silly level, but they are successful nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you break it down, and and you break it down even further in in the off season in your workouts where. Okay, boy, they're they're getting stronger at this lift, and they're better at this drill, and they're they just see themselves improving, and you know that that's 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 how you build build you know uh, build a championship level team, and that's how you create better players is you know those little steps of improvement uh, every year, and and you got to quantify it, you know, you got to show them okay this. Yeah, as a freshman, you you know here here you were, and look at you now as a sophomore and junior. Look how much better you've gotten, and they got oh, okay. That. And and uh, you know then they they once kids you you know how it is once you start taste, tasting that success and drinking that successful Kool Aid, you want more of it. And yes. that's what that's what, that's what the good good ones do is is they they put their kids in successful situations and and keep doing it and keep doing it. And then the kids go, they take off from there. They want a bigger drink of that Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. So how do you, uh, how do you, how do you build a culture? What, what is your culture? If, if I may ask, uh, if you feel like sharing it uh, as a defense, uh, what is your philosophy? What is your culture that you instill? And then, and how do you, push it through uh so that at the individual level they buy in well you know our culture is a couple things we want to we want to create an environment where it's competitive and you've heard this before but we want a really competitive competitive culture where they're competing in every drill and um and when you're doing that you're also creating great effort and and great practice habits and then once you once you start creating all that kind of stuff that competitive atmosphere and guys going hard in every drill then you then you start you you start being pretty good and on defense you know you that culture also also uh has to have some type of physicalness and intensity and toughness about it so you know what we we try to break it down really simple we want to we want to be really, really, really aggressive and, and intense and competitive and play really, really hard. And you remember those days, you know, when, when our yeah. coaches, and I've got it from our coaches, you know, the guys you and I played for, you know, we didn't have the most, you know, the talent, the most talented guys, but when we all were playing really, really hard and really, really together and, and having, having, uh, you know, great enthusiasm. We were competitive. You know, it made us yeah. competitive. We, we were we were successful, and it wasn't yes. because we had great players. It's just we played together and we played hard and we played smart. And that's the culture we're trying to create. 
here. And and um, you know, obviously we got to recruit. You know, us at our level, we got to recruit and have great players because you know that that makes it a lot easier for us. But w- when it comes down to it, we gotta we gotta be play with great great effort and great great toughness and great enthusiasm and play smart. And you've heard this before. I know you have, but but I really believe in that, and it that's where it all stems. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's a what's a day like for your, your kids? Uh, say during the season, what what time do you guys practice, and and what do you do to uh, make sure that they get everything they need to get done? Well, you know, we there, there's a lot of different ways to do that, but but uh, we practice in the afternoon and. And the kids have to be done with their their classes by uh, in, during the fall season during the season by you know two o'clock or two thirty because we start up our meetings uh, at about two fifteen special teams meetings and then we have individual meetings um, and then we're out on the field basically at at three thirty for walk through and then practice stretches at three forty five or three fifty somewhere around there and then we have about an hour and fifty minute practice to do two-hour practice, and then our kids are off the field, let's say by six or a little after six, and then, and then they have to, uh, then they go to, then they have to obviously go eat dinner, and then they go to study hall for a couple hours, and in the morning, you know, they lift during the season, our kids lift it during the, during the uh, football season, obviously, they don't lift five days a week, but most of them lift two to three times a week, so that they have to get that in sometime in the, during the morning hours, and then obviously from in the morning hours up until about one thirty-two, they're going to their classes. So they're very busy, as you well know, and, and that's how we uh, we do our schedule. Now there's some schools that practice early in the morning and before school, and so the kids yeah. go to school, and then in the afternoon they they have, go study hall, and then they have meetings in the afternoon. Um, I've done it that way too, but most of the programs I've been around, we practice at around three thirty, very similar to high school, and that's how our day goes. You know, and, and Monday is usually an off day at our level, and then Tuesday, Wednesday are hard work days. Thursday is is more of a, 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 a prep for for the game day, and and a little lighter practice load. Friday's a walkthrough, and Saturday we're playing. And then uh, Sunday is is we come in, watch the film, lift weights, and we do a little running to get all the all the aches and the bumps and the bruises out, get the blood flowing, and we'll have a little light practice on Sunday night, basically. And, okay. and then we then that's how we do, we have done it in the past. So really, our our off days are Monday during the season. Mondays are our off days. You have to give kids. The NCAA has so many different rules, and we can only go so many days, and we can only go so many hours. It kind of gets uh, a little confusing, but basically, that that's how our week breaks down. So your Monday is off. That's interesting. Yeah, as far as the players, they 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 have the whole day off. Now they come up to the office and they'll watch film on their own, obviously. Sure, but, sure. Uh, but you have to give them a whole full day off during during the course of the uh the uh game week. So um I didn't know we, that. You know, a lot of a lot of people choose Sunday to have off. Some people go Monday. It's just how you want to do it with your program. The coaches I've been around are either uh most of the head coaches that I've worked for either give them the kids Sunday off 
or Monday off. Now that obviously the coaches don't have it off. It's I'm talking just the players. Now, something that I want to broach for a second is I, I know that uh, you guys at your level spend a huge amount of time on practice planning, right, and actually getting into installing what you need to get done for that week. Um, can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, we, you know, we have, we have uh, obviously – uh, a whole whole um, um, philosophy. That's not the word I'm looking for, but we we have our uh, the whole defensive package. And in that defensive package, obviously, you can't get everything in in one day. So you have installations. You have basically day one, day two, day three. You have up to about maybe eleven to twelve days of of installation. What I mean by that, you're installing your fronts your stunts, your blitzes, and your coverages. You, you have your, uh, you know, your, your nickel or your substitution packages that you might have. You have your short yardage packages that you have and your, your goal line packages, your two-minute packages, so on and so forth. And obviously, you know, you, you, to teach it all, you've got to have some time, but you can't teach it all in one day. So that's why – you have installation meetings, and and really all that installation is what you do during spring in the off season, during spring football, and then fall camp. You go through and put in your whole defense, and yeah. by the end of spring ball, into your 15 days of practice, into your fall camp, you've you've installed your whole defense. And why you do that is because during the course of the season, you will use all of that stuff during. During, you know, one time or another during, you know, playing, you know, one, one opponent or another, you're going you're gonna to use all the stuff that you put in or you should. And that's what you do in the offseason. You're going to study your opponents, your upcoming opponents, and you're going to say, hey, look, we're going to use this defense against these guys. We're going to do this defense against these other guys. And that's, and that's, and that's why you, you install it in the spring and in fall so the kids have learned it. Uh, or have a little knowledge of it before that game week or that particular uh, week in, let's say, September and October when you're playing that particular team. So, you know, it, it's very it, it's very complicated, but, but um, you know, once you, once you put in your packages and the kids learn it, there's a lot of carryover between some defenses and others. So it's not when it comes down to it, the volume seems like a lot, but it really isn't because a lot of carryover from each defense. I don't yeah. know if I made any sense whatsoever, but, but uh, <laughs> no, it, it did. It did. I I just wanted to underline the importance of of uh, of the preparation and but a lot of preparation, and you know, it's you, you have calendars that are set a year in advance or six months in advance, and that's what you adhere to. And you know, it's just not all you know going out and practicing and throwing the ball out. I mean, we we have. We have a plan, and we execute the plan and and uh, carry it out with our kids. Yeah, um, Coach. What? Uh, who would you call? Uh, name a couple of your mentors, the guys that you they they taught you something that you that you value and that you you call on all the time. Uh, what? Who? Who would you say uh, that would be? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? 
uh, you know, some of the guys I don't call upon all the time, but guys that have really shaped me or molded me as a coach or as, as or who have influenced me the most, I would say number one would be uh, uh, other than my parents. But but as far as in the coaching profession, um, my high school coach, a guy named Walt Arnold, who was my high school coach, I you know I, I still think about what he said, all his mannerisms, all his stuff that he told us as high school kids, it, it and and how we practiced, all that kind of stuff. I, I I really really owe a lot to him. I would say you know obviously my college coaches, you know some of them coached you also, you know Bob Cope. I learned a lot of him, lot from him, and and uh, you know our linebacker coach Kirk Harmon. You know I, I like. A lot of things he did, um, but but uh, you know one of the first guys I really worked for as an assistant was a guy named John L. Smith, who who gave me a job at the University of Idaho, and I'll, I worked for him at Louisville and at Arkansas, and I learned from him the really the value of of dealing with kids, how to how to you know really off the field and treating people. And uh, I, I thought he was just excellent at that. And going from there, you know, I, I obviously working for Coach Carroll uh, at USC, you know, really took me to the next level, I thought, of coaching and, and really uh, communicating with players. And then the X's and O's was just excellent with it. You know, I really felt I got my master's degree of coaching, so to speak, when I worked for Coach at USC. And then, um, you know, working for I, I learned a lot from Bob Petrino working with for him at, at Western Kentucky yeah, as far as X's and O's. But uh, I, you know, really the the guys that really have influenced me the most to answer, you know, I'm being long winded, but uh, is my high school coach, and then I would say I would say Pete Carroll and and uh, John L. Smith more than anybody else. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And I and 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 you know exactly what they did to influence you, uh, or at least yeah. some of it. Because it's funny, I, I think back to my high school coach, and and I repeat, I repeat stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. the philosophies that I have goes all the way back to one drill that he did uh, right. on us during the summer, and yeah. I didn't even realize it for a long time. And and I, I all of a sudden it dawned on me. Oh, that's because Coach Pierman, you know, made us run one extra lap around the the uh, the, the field and uh so it's so important um but uh coach i really appreciate your time i know you're a busy guy and uh i i, I love the time and, and the, the nuggets that you shared with us um would you like to say anything in closing no no you just i appreciate you having me on and and i think you're doing a great job and and i think about all my all my uh, UOP friends all the time. I miss them, and uh, all my coaching buddies. It, it, I'm very, very blessed with with uh, all the people I went to school with there, and uh, guys like yourself. And and uh, it, it's really made for a very, very, very good life. I, that's that's nice that you say that, I, and I feel the same way. Um, if I may, since you're talking about the old buddies, you know, I interviewed Ed uh, Eduardo, uh, who's the O-line coach guys over at San Francisco City College, and he gave us an interview a month or so ago. Uh, another thing to tie this all together is Nick's son, before he came, went to Western Kentucky, 
was uh, a killer linebacker for uh, the San Francisco City team. And I yep. think he won, uh, what, Defensive Player of the Year in California or something like that? I, I, you know what? I know he was, he was all-conference, and, and he won a bunch of accolades. And the reason why yeah. he went to City College was to, play, you know, to go and play for Eduardo. Yeah, and 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 Ed told me he just you know he took care of him and 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 the whole nine yards and it just sounded like the old days, so right. uh, it's it's neat how uh, how it all uh, circles back. So listen, I will let you go. Thank you so much. And with yeah. that, guys, uh, that was Nick Holt, Purdue Boilermakers. Go Boilermakers. <laughs>